This is the Press Box. Being out there against the Nets, I realized that basketball is an impossible sport played by giants and gods. With Graney and Bischoff. Tweet it, talk it, put it in your pocket. I've made a flimsy take and I'm proud of it. On ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go on a Tuesday. And shout out to a simpler time in America right. when we don't all go of yet. us were captivated by the California Raisins. A lot of stuff going on there with the <laughs> intro. I have no idea half the time when I'm supposed to talk. The mic goes on, you're supposed to talk. Isn't that just how it start works? talking. When you yeah, see the start, light on, just yeah, start talking. Yeah, when the talking. light goes on, you're supposed to start talking. Ed, Tyler, and Danny running the show. Jared's wandering the halls. I don't know what's no, happening. Jared's here, but not actually running the show. When's the last time we could say that? That's a good point. It's a good question. Yes. When is the last time we say Jared is here, but we don't know what he's doing? He's wandering the halls. Oh, he's a corporate guy. Jared's like a VP of operations, if you can believe that. The first bite. Are the Raiders being left behind in the AFC West? I'm usually one of those guys who don't fire the GM after one day. Fire him. Free agency's uh, not even 24 hours old. Fire so somebody. That's what that's what the t- Twitter said yesterday. This poor Dave Ziegler guy. If he's on Twitter, <laughs> it's like, boy, these guys. This is a rough crowd here. We haven't done anything, but uh, they always want. They already want me fired. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I usually wait a couple days to see if they're going to do anything, but. There's some pretty big names coming off the board, and not only coming off the board, they're coming off the board in their division. Right. One thing, if they'd be like in the NFC, it's like, oh, C.J. Jackson went to, excuse me, J.C. Jackson went to Dallas. doesn't matter, right? But the Chargers and others in their division seem to be doing a lot of stuff. So that's the... That's the problem right now for the Raiders is that, like, Pro Football Focus has a wins above replacement stat, and they tweeted out the best teams that have added wins above replacement this offseason... Number one, Denver Broncos. Number two, LA Chargers, right? Like the teams that have gotten the best so far in the offseason are the two teams that finished below the Raiders in the AFC West last year. And presumably are two teams that have now passed the Raiders in terms of who is expected to be good in the and AFC And they're not even West. talking about the Chiefs because everyone just assumes the yes. Chiefs are the best team anyway. <laughs> and so that's not the number one Nobody team. cares about the Chiefs because um, they're the best team. Obviously, the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, but free agency starts yesterday. The Chargers, who have already traded for Khalil Mack, They signed J.C. Jackson, the best cornerback on the market. They also signed a defensive tackle yesterday. And you can also throw in the Chiefs, who went out and signed safety Justin Reed as well, which maybe that is the end of Tyron Matthew uh, in Kansas City. So that might not be anything more than swapping out safeties there. But basically, even the Chiefs, with one signing, everyone in the AFC West has done something significant except the Raiders. The Raiders are sitting around and haven't really done anything anything so far. So I'm very curious to see. I, I don't think it's a big deal that the Raiders sat out the first day of free agency. I don't agency. think so either. I, I don't think it's a huge deal. It's so, one day. But if we are comparing, if we are looking across the division as to which of these teams have gotten better in totality this offseason, the Raiders haven't done anything, right. and the other three have. And specifically, the Broncos and the Chargers have gotten much, much better. And that's probably going to be an issue going forward for the Raiders is that all of a sudden the talent gap between your team, your roster, and the rest of this division is pretty big. And at this point, the names you're seeing, uh, well, I'll go to wide receiver Allen Robinson. I still think uh, he'd be a nice ad. But the Stefan Gilmores of the world, the Honey Badgers of the world, kind of up there and, you know, kind of, to me, they're second-tier guys because right. of their age. Right, I you're... Mean, you're into most likely you're into the Raiders adding second and third tier free agents. Right. 
is what you're looking at. Now, maybe that's a good thing because you don't give Christian Kirk $100 million or whatever right. the Jacksonville Jags did yesterday. They so, signed like 10 starters. Well, 10 guys they're going to have start. I don't know <laughs> if they're actually starters. But so there, there is some, like, if you look at free agency from a standpoint of what the Jags did or even like the Dolphins signing Chase Edmonds, like there's there's good examples to be like, oh, it's a good thing the Raiders sat out the first day of free agency because there are some big contracts that got passed out to guys that are probably not going to make that big of a difference next season. So there is a positive way to look at it, but then there's also the, oh, wow, the Chargers have added premium players on the defensive line and in the secondary, right? The Broncos have added the best quarterback that's going to change teams this offseason. Meanwhile, the Raiders haven't done anything. And the the sort of um, concern, I think the most concerning part of what the division is right now for the Raiders, they're clearly not as good as the Kansas City Chiefs, right? The Chiefs are the class no. of this division. They're not as good as the Chiefs. I don't think the Raiders can really do anything this offseason that's going to make anybody think they're as good as the Chiefs. But they finished second. They were ahead of the Chargers last year. But it appears as though the Chargers have decided, hey, we've got Justin Herbert on his rookie contract for a couple more seasons. We are going to go all in right now. That's the biggest advantage for the Chargers and why they were able to do some of these things that he's still on his rookie contract yesterday. The other three quarterbacks in this division are not on their rookie contracts anymore. Mahomes, I think it kicks in this year where he starts getting paid an obscene amount of money. Carr, granted, not expensive, but still 19.6 or whatever is more than Herbert. And Russell Wilson is in the 20s, right? All of those guys are making significantly more, have much bigger cap hits than Justin Herbert. And so the Chargers are basically looking at the saying, all right, the most expensive position, we probably have the second best player in the division at that position, and we're going to pay him effectively nothing right. compared to the other guys in the division. Let's so we're just going to put a bunch of money. people around him. Right. Let's go spend that money on JC Jackson. Let's go. We'll trade for Khalil Mack. No problem whatsoever will pay Khalil Mack because their quarterback isn't making very much money. It's an advantage the Chargers have for two, three more seasons. Right. They'll pick up the fifth-year option, which, granted, the fifth-year option will be a little bit more expensive, but it's an advantage the Chargers have. And so if you're looking across this division for this season and next season, the Chargers are going to have a cheap, good quarterback, and they're going to be able to do this, where it's J.C. Jackson, where it's Khalil Mack, where they are able to have big names, high-dollar players at other positions – that other teams in this division just can't afford because they're paying their quarterbacks more than $7 like the Chargers are. So for two more years, that's where the Chargers get to exist. Plus, you have the Chiefs in the division who, granted, their roster gets a little bit worse every time Patrick Mahomes makes more money, but it's still Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I don't think there's any expectation they actually fall off a cliff. That's the problem for two more years. Oh, and Russell Wilson's in the division. Is there any chance, after all this is said and done, because I don't think so, that will say the Raiders were smarter for waiting because I don't think we will. We'll have to see what they do. It's been one day. Like I, right. I made a joke that, you know, but I, I literally saw this on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> Dave Ziegler fire him and then Pete DeBoer is number two. So it's like, wait, this Ziegler kid, this poor Ziegler kid's already ahead of Pete DeBoer, you know, for people wanting to get fired around this place. But I don't, with all these guys going off the board, and we were just saying now they're probably down to journeymen and second and ter- third tier guys. They might get some good players. They, you know, look, we don't re- also don't know who they're going to re-sign. Um, I think Casey Hayward's still out there, right? He didn't sign, so you know Casey Hayward's out there to to bring back. I don't know if we look back and say, well, they were really smart for doing this. Um, we we got some news here. 
Uh-oh. The Raiders have made a signing. Hold on. Cornerback Darius Phillips on a one-year $2.25 million deal. I always base how important I think it is if I have to write a column on it. I will not be writing a column on that guy. Um, he is not among pro football focus's top 200 free agents. Um, it looks like there's about 30 cornerbacks on that top 200. So... <laughs> As I said before, <laughs> not J.C. Jackson. Did we know who he was beforehand? No. Uh, played for the Bengals, though. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, wait a minute. He's a winner. You got it. Well, well, <laughs> almost, an almost winner. An almost winner. So Corey, the Raiders Darius Phillips. have made a move for a cornerback. Oh, Darius man. Phillips. Oh, former fifth round pick. He must be better than expected. They're, they're just going to rack up on mid round picks. I love they're this just... already about the, Ra- the Raiders tweets uh, from the uh, bloggers and the Raiders fans. <laughs> quality depth. <laughs> Oh, yes. You know what quality depth means? <laughs> you better not, be doing better than quality depth. He's not very good. Yes, you better be doing quality <laughs> depth better than that. I mean, I look, I, I don't know who Darius Phillips is, but um, one year, $2.25 million, not a lot of money. Uh, but I love that the first reaction is, this guy gives us quality depth. <laughs> okay, you got to do better than that. So the Raiders have done something. They yeah. actually, they woke up today and they decided. They <laughs> woke up today and <laughs> saw the paper that said they didn't do anything yesterday. They're like, oh, uh, free agency started? Something. Oh, we we can tamper some. legally? Yeah. So they've signed Darius Phillips, but that uh, pales in comparison to what the Chargers and Broncos have done, and technically the Chiefs as well, since they brought in Justin Reed. So I'll be interested to see. I mean, it is definitely a wait until the entire offseason is over to see what the Raiders yes. have signed. Yeah. Because conceivably, this is a team that does, like, we make fun of the quality depth thing. They do need quality depth. I don't yes. know if Darius Phillips is quality, but sure, he's depth. Conceivably, the Raiders can get better if they add a bunch of guys on $2 million contracts, right? If they add a bunch of Darius Phillips and three or four of them actually hit as, oh, that guy's much better than expected then, yeah, you can get better that way. But as we stand right now, they're clearly the fourth best team in the division. And I don't know that there's any big names that are out there that are going to change that perception. Like, we're we're go. I don't know that there's anything the Raiders can do now that's going to change them being the fourth best team in the division. At least perceived as such. Right, right. Like, we're going into next year. They're going to have the worst odds to win this division. I guess... There could be a massive quarterback shakeup that changes that. But other than that, there's not really anything in free agency that's going to cause us to go in the next year saying this team is the third best team or the second best team in the AFC West. They seem about locked into that fourth spot uh, in the AFC, barring some sort of big quarterback change. All right. Um, we're going to get into quarterbacks here in a second because Deshaun Watson is apparently exploring his option with a no trade clause and also. Kirk Cousins got paid. Derek Carr's got to feel pretty bad about that, too. It's the Press Box on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. Note this show has a lot of quality depth. Do we have quality depth? I don't even know if we have depth. (laughs) Uh, Quarterback news across the NFL. Let's, Let's start with this one, though. Mitch Trubisky signed with the Steelers. Um, according to Jeremy Fowler, he was deciding between the Giants and the Steelers, which, by the way, quick question about the Giants. 
would they have had a quarterback competition no. with Daniel Jones? No. Okay. I, the Steelers make a heck of a lot more right. sense. <laughs> like that's like that and and Jeremy Fowler also was like he wanted the best chance to start. And I'm like, well, why would he go to the I mean, unless the Giants were like, yeah, Daniel Jones isn't that good, so Mitch Trubisky's gonna shoot him. Steelers made a lot more sense there, which means the quarterback room for the Steelers is Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. You think they'd still draft a quarterback? No, I don't. I think Trubisky's going to be the guy there. Really? Yeah, I do. I think Trubisky's the guy. God, suck to be a Steelers fan. Yeah, Broncos get yeah. Russell Wilson. Listen, you guys get Trubisky? <laughs> like, that's the guy. I get. I guess in some world, the if you believe in the quarterback class not being very good this year, you sign yeah. Mitch Trubisky, you let him so play this year, and, and you draft a quarterback next yeah. year. I guess that might not be a terrible plan, but it's also basically punting on a year. I mean, you're basically taking right. this year and it, it like it means nothing. You're not even getting to evaluate a, a legit quarterback option unless you think Trubisky is Is that Tom Lee playoff better. streak? That's things, true. That thing's in jeopardy they if, can't, this, if they go with Mitchie Mitchy all year. Right. Well, his uh winning yeah, he's never had a losing record. Right. Losing maybe season. maybe they think Mitch Trubisky and Mike Tomlin is the key to eight, eight and one. <laughs> <laughs> they think the, those two are, we are eight, eight and one. There's no doubt about it. Maybe not in the playoffs, but eight, eight and one for sure. Now the quarterback news that has not happened yet is Deshaun Watson. There are still issues with Deshaun Watson just because he was not indicted by a grand jury does not mean the claims that 20 plus women have against him have gone away. Um, he still is going to have civil cases here and I would venture to guess there's still a chance that he gets suspended by the NFL, mm -hmm. uh, if he is in fact lining up to play or looking like he's going to play next season. He has apparently met with the saints and the Panthers. Um, he did not get to meet with the Colts. The Houston Texans rejected a request by the Indianapolis Colts for Deshaun Watson to speak with the Colts. The Colts obviously traded away Carson Wentz. They need a quarterback. Deshaun Watson might be available, so it makes sense, but they're in the same division, and the Texans don't want that to happen. The interesting part here, though, is that Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause, and there is a reality where Deshaun Watson could say, I'm only waving it for the Colts. Right. You better make a deal with your division rival because I'm only waving it for the Colts. And... Saints, Panthers, Colts. I know which one I'd want to play for that has the best chance to win anything next year. Colts. It's the Colts. Sure. So that would be a fascinating power dynamic if Deshaun Watson could force his way to a divisional rival of the Houston Texans. There's a lot to go on here with the um, civil suits. He he was deposed on Friday in one of the suits. I right. believe there are 20 of them. Right. So he's looking at a lot of depositions coming up uh, for these civil suits. Um, I understand why Indy would want him, but it's a risk. It's a huge risk right now with these civil suits hanging over his head, and he could go on the suspended list immediately. Right, and that and that's the from the football standpoint, anybody that's acquiring him, he's probably getting suspended. Right, he's multiple going on the list probably multiple players have not been charged criminally that have gone on the suspended, but have list. still gotten suspended. Sure. Like it happens frequently in the NFL and and across all of our sports where guys are. Involved in some sort of incident. They don't bring criminal charges because there's not enough evidence or whatever, but ultimately they still end up getting suspended because our, our leagues in the United States look around and say, well, 
yeah, you still did something we don't like, so you're going to get suspended. So I would guess Deshaun Watson, even if nothing comes of it criminally, even if nothing comes of this even civilly, right? Even if it's just paying settlements at the end of the day, I would guess he's still getting suspended, which is curious if you're any of these teams interested in Deshaun Watson. How much are you giving I mean, up for a guy that might miss for him? Yeah. eight games, six if not games, more, he whatever might miss that is? Right. And granted, I think if you're trading for Deshaun Watson, you are trading for a guy and expecting him to be your quarterback for seven years or something like that. So maybe you're not overly concerned about what exactly next year looks like, but it is a trading for Deshaun Watson issue if you're trading for him there. And also, you know, it could be much worse than that as well. Like this still isn't over in terms of what he's dealing with. So Deshaun Watson moving teams, if he goes to the Panthers, what, what Purdy are, what was interested in talking to Cleveland. What does that say if Cleveland? Oh, that's wants right. To, if he wants to talk to Cleveland, I mean, what's that say in the writing for the wall for Baker Mayfield? Well, if they're interested, I mean, I think I think, I don't they, think, I think any, Baker already knows. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's <laughs> any question as to who you'd rather have as your quarterback than Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield. But it was interesting that he wanted to talk to Cleveland. Oh yeah, I and and um, you want to talk to Cleveland? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think of the teams that we've heard, it's clearly the Colts should be the number one interest there. And that's fun if they've got to trade Deshaun Watson to a divisional rival. Outside of that, like, I don't, with Baltimore and Cincinnati, I don't know if I want, I wouldn't want to go to Cleveland. Cleveland. I mean, I guess they have a shot, right? That's not like they were terrible last year. I guess Deshaun Watson would make them better, but that's not somewhere that I'd be really trying to get to. I think it'd be Indianapolis, which by the way, what I mean, a crappy group of teams. Like that's re- that's really the the de- destination possibilities for Deshaun Watson. Well, that's why Indianapolis stands out as such a be- as such as the best choice. I mean, think of those other teams. They're the, the one Panthers team the Saints. They're the one team on there that you're like, "Oh yeah, they'd probably win the division." Yeah, they have a chance. Right. I mean, hell, they might win the division with if they had signed Mitch Trubisky or something like that cuz it's just the Titans is all they have to deal with. I mean, you got Jacksonville and Houston in the same division. They might win it with a nobody at quarterback, but you give them an actual good quarterback, and now everything is completely different there. So, fascinating to see there. The other part of the quarterback situation here. Kirk Cousins signed an extension with the Vikings. He's going to make $40 million this season, $30 million next season. So, basically $35 million per year for the next two years. And fully guaranteed and no trade clause for Kirk Cousins. Did that set the market for a Derek Carr extension? If Carr does, in I fact, get extended by the Raiders, I mean, is that what it is? I don't know. They're having dinner again tonight. <laughs> they, still don't, they still don't know anything about this guy. We can we can assume we can do it either. He gets Maybe extended by the Raiders. Now. They've, they've moved right. down to breakfast. But let's, let's just say Derek Carr extension from somebody, right? It might not be the Raiders. Maybe they trade him and it's another team that does it. Is that is thirty five million a year? And I think thirty five million a year would be in the in the ballpark. We both said you know short term extensions. The number starts with a three at thirty, but thirty five would make sense for him if Kirk Cousins is getting that. But again, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that they want to extend him. I mean, I think they in the end they will, but I'm not convinced yet. They if they want to extend him, Cousins is getting this extension. We already saw what they did with Crosby. They're signing cornerbacks nobody even has ever heard of. Uh, who Pro Football Focus I don't think's heard of either. They haven't ranked him yet. Uh, the guy they got this morning. Um, why haven't they extended him yet? I don't. I don't get this. And if they're going to extend him. What's the holdup? You want to know the other fun part of this? 
Raiders have a new coach. Raiders have a new GM. You know who else has a new coach and GM? The Vikings. They didn't need to sit around and get no. to know Kirk Cousins. They walked in there and basically said, all right, we'll keep Kirk Cousins around. Like, it, I, it probably shouldn't mean much, but I think it's, I think it's damning that Max Crosby has an extension, that Kirk Cousins has an extension, and Derek Carr does not. And all that we've heard is, well, we got to get to know this guy. Right. Like, that is not reality in the NFL. Guys don't walk into jobs and be like, well, we got to get to know everybody on the roster before we make any moves. Like, no, you, guys walk into jobs and they, I mean, they know a lot about the guys they're walking into. And you take the job because it's a job and McDaniels wanted to get back in. I get that. Even if they didn't have Derek Carr, both those guys would have taken that job. But you can't tell me Josh McDaniels didn't know a hell of a lot about right. Derek Carr before he took that it's, job. He's a quarterback. Yes. And it's Josh McDaniels who deals with quarterbacks. It's not Divine Diablo who was like, right. hey, like, who's that guy? That guy played good for three games last year as a linebacker. Right, exactly. Who was mid-round draft Let's pick. watch some film to see if we like right. him. Right. If they told us we got to figure out who the hell Divine Diablo is, I'd be like, that's fair. That's perfectly fair. Divine will have never been taken <laughs> out to more dinners in his life. <laughs> but there's no chance they actually have no. to get to know Derek Carr. They know exactly what they have right. in them. And so I, I think it's damning that Crosby has the extension, that a different coach and GM can walk into Minnesota and be like, we're committed to Kirk right. Cousins, right? I think that's pretty damning because if if Carr was getting this extension, he'd already have it. Or maybe, let me let me, there's also the hypothetical here. Maybe the Raiders have been trying to work on something quarterback related and they don't want, and maybe they extend Carr eventually, but... Maybe they've been trying to trade him because they think they can get good enough value and there's another quarterback they have interest in. Or so, like maybe there's something else that's happening. And if that comes to fruition, hey, car's gone and we got our guy. Or that doesn't come to fruition. And okay, that didn't work. So we'll extend car now right, because for a couple of years. Right. Because he's plan B in this scenario. It just, it's. It's not good for Derek Carr, and and maybe this still gets done because it's only March fifteenth. Maybe this still gets done in in April or May or even you know into the summer, but it still doesn't look ideal when the excuse that we're getting as to why Derek Carr isn't extended or whatever is well we got to get to know this guy like that's that's a very weird excuse to be putting out there and maybe the Raiders just don't want to commit thirty five million. Maybe they look at it and say hey we got to compete with Justin Herbert and his seven dollar contract right. and. We right. can't we can't pay you thirty five million. We're not yeah. going to be able to compete if we give you thirty five million. So we're going to have to do something else. All right, coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're on month three of Dishwasher Watch. David Roth from Defector is with us on the press box. Subscribe to the Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code Distract for a free month of Stitcher Premium. The hole in my house is fixed. The baseball lockout is over. And David Roth, I assume, still does not have a functioning dishwasher. Well, it's complicated, you see. Uh, I uh, left town for a few days. Oh. So how could I have? Yeah, this is the this is the first step in the process that we might just move instead of fixing the dishwasher. <laughs> just go to a different city where uh, where things are different. Maybe maybe you don't have to use dishes. Maybe, <laughs> but yeah, we were in uh, we were in South Carolina for a few days. How am I going to call an electrician from someplace where I'm getting a sunburn? That doesn't make no sense. You lost, you lost all three races though, or all two <laughs> races. It's not good. Yes, not good for you no, it's not. It's not good. It's not close to being good. Uh, this would be the week where I'd start to turn things around, maybe. But you know, I'm very busy. There's a uh, basketball going to be on during the day. 
So I, I don't know that I would necessarily bet on it, but uh, we're targeting May. We have an optimistic uh, goal there. I think we can we can move towards that. Of what year? That's a good question. Uh, it'll be a number that ends with an even number. So okay. either we do it this year or uh, we <laughs> rebuild. Uh, we do some some tearing down, and we start targeting a 2024 competitive window for turning the dishwasher on. All right, baseball is back, which means yeah. The A's and the Reds are back to selling off their best players to other teams. Are you surprised that it took like less than a week from baseball owners saying, okay, we'll finally, we'll finally agree to your deal here to teams saying, you know what? We have no interest in being good or competitive. The Reds one was so funny to me because they didn't even wait for like anybody. Like there should have been a little 24 hour period where everybody's kind of like the smell of the grass, you know, hot dogs in the sun. And like Bob Castellini just Kool-Aid man right through that was like, we're trading Sonny Gray for a 17 year old. I have a couple more ideas. Like, it's just like they would not take it easy on that. They still, I mean, at this point, the, the deal they made with the Mariners, especially was one of those things where you're just like, when you're tacking on a 26 year old who just made his first all-star team so that you can get out from under what isn't even that bad a contract, like, I mean, I can't imagine how angry uh, a fan would be in that case. The, the way that the Mets were cheap was very different, that they would trade a guy, they would make a team take the whole deal, but then they would just accept nothing back. Like, it's clear that the Reds wanted players back in that. But, like, man, Jesse Winker is not a throw-in. Like, if you've seen him play, that's like a guy that's going to be – I mean, I, he'll make another all-star team. Like, that doesn't seem to me like a – well, whatever. I was going to say it doesn't seem like a good way to run your organization, but I don't own it, so it doesn't matter what I think. All right, we have not talked to you since, I believe, but who won the uh, won the lockout? I mean, it's a good question. Uh, I think the players did well. I think it's also hard to say that the owners didn't get most of what they want, like looking at the the luxury tax thing. So what I'll say, this is, I don't obviously morning radio is not the time to be diplomatic. I think if you think of this as what it probably was, which is a project of two or three different CBAs, to get the players back to something like what they had in the nineties and that which they lost by just like punting a whole generation of negotiations. I think it's a good start. I mean, I think certainly raising the competitive balance tax threshold is good. It doesn't do anything to change the fact that that's a luxury tax and that owners are going to treat it like that. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what that marginal progress is going to add up to yet. And we've seen way more trades than we have signings so far. And it still seems like there are teams that, you know, not just the Reds and the A's dismantling, but I was reading this morning that, like, Nick Castellanos wants to sign with the Marlins. And Derek Jeter said he wanted him to sign there. Like, that's where he's from. He's like, he grew up as, like, a fan of the team. But they're not going to do it. Like, they're still going to be the Marlins. And so if there's still that underclass of five or eight teams that aren't trying at all or actively trying not to try, then – yeah, the owners won this because that was something the players wanted to stop, and it's definitely not stopping. Uh, do you think we're about to get Ken Griffey Jr. 2.0 with Fernando Tatis? I hope so. I mean, as a player. Oh, you mean with the injuries? With the injuries, yes, yes. That would be bad. No, I, don't, I think it's too early for that yet. Okay. I, like That said, I mean, it's definitely worrying because it's in the same way that with Griffey, it's like there's positions where you can kind of – slowly a trip, you know, like do the, the Joey Votto thing where you just get like 5% less flexible and, you know, athletic every year. Like with Tatis, I mean, just the way he plays defense, like he's going to hurt himself because he's going to try to make every single play. And that's awesome. That's why he's great. It's just also one of those deals where, 
you know, same thing with Ken Griffey Jr. and outfield walls and stuff like that. Like, there's just so many ways that this could go wrong. I really hope that he is able to, you know, pace himself a little bit, but it's different there. Like, you don't want to, like, stick him at first base or third base or whatever in hopes of, like, wringing some extra baseball out of him. He's still such an exciting shortstop. I don't know. Do you? I mean, like, I feel like it's one of those things where players have had these sorts of early career injury things and, and come through it, but then there's also been the other way. I am I am personally terrified that Zion Williamson and Fernando Tatis will combine to play, like, seven more games the rest of my life. Yeah, Zion Williamson's definitely one of those ones where, especially because every picture I see of him now, he just looks less and less like a basketball player and more just like... <laughs> a rectangle, like just an obelisk in sweats. <laughs> and it can be done. I mean, like, obviously, the thing with him that's weird is that because he hasn't played at all this year and because the, the Pels are so easy to forget about, like, he was so good. That was last season that he played like that. And yet it feels like something that I, you know, vaguely remember. Like, it's basically, like, his NBA career is foggier in my memory than his college one. But, like, man, if he could put together a couple of seasons of playing that way, at that size, like, you know, nobody that, I mean, I barely remember Larry Johnson. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else play like that. Like I would love to get a little bit more of it, but it's not easy to make a body that size do things like that. The thing that was weird about Tatis was, and obviously they were locked out so they couldn't get the training of the teams, I believe, but he has, they ask him, he says motorcycle accident and they say, you know, motor accident, motorcycle actually said, which one? Uh, so he's obviously driving a motorcycle like a lunatic. But then he says, he says, uh, yeah, I, I felt something. that The wrist was moving around a lot. I would think, I know you can't go to your team doctor, but can't you just see someone on the side when your wrist is moving around a lot? Yeah, that's. I really wonder like where that's going to wind up landing because I think I had sort of, during the lockout, I guess I was mostly thinking about pitchers with this, where I was like, yeah, they're all at like camps. They're all surrounded by coaching all the time. And they are. There are like all the, you know, every major leaguer or a guy who thought he was going to be a major leaguer. They've all been in Arizona throwing in like some decommissioned airplane hangar since early winter. And that's good. Like at the very least, they're probably, they're still going to, you know, it's hard to ramp up as a pitcher, but somebody's keeping an eye on them. What the position players are doing, I had no idea. You know, and I assume that they're hitting the weights and, you know, swinging in cages and stuff like that. But something like that. Yeah, like anytime any part of your body is moving in ways you don't want it to move, like got to talk to somebody. Like that's not something that necessarily – like if I was suffering from a wobbly wrist, like I'd probably be fine because I'd just use it for tight days a week. But the idea of like a shortstop having that complaint, yeah, not, that is not encouraging. Especially because, you know, back to your earlier point with Griffey, like – it was because he suffered baseball injuries. Like the idea of this dude is like constantly trying to do motorcycle stunts or whatever. <laughs> uh, that's obviously a much worse problem. Uh, who signs Carlos Correa? It's a great question. Uh, I mean, it seems like they're all the teams that I had sort of thought were going to be like possibly in the, I don't know, like the Cubs were like rumored to be close or whatever. And then they just signed like whatever, uh, Anderson Simmons, and we're like, nah, we're good. We actually are trying to uh, win 71 games this year, and we think this really helps us with that. It's weird. I, the thing with Correa that I sort of wonder is, like, is a team going to sign him and have him play shortstop next year? Because I feel like the teams that have tried hard to, like, really make a splash with free agency, like, all the, the shortstops are, are mostly gone at this point. And so, and like, I feel like Trevor Story, for instance, like, does not necessarily have, given that there's, a, you know, a third of the league that isn't going to try to sign him, 
that like the rest of it, like he could wind up playing third base or second base on one of the teams that cares. And I think it could be the case with Correa too. That to me a much better shortstop. But like, yeah, I think it's going to come down to like which team actually cares enough to try to do it. Because like, if you're looking at rosters and trying to sort of plug holes that way, like it really does kind of feel like we're right back last year, where there's like a lot of teams that just aren't concerned enough about getting better to try to do that. Couldn't Story also be a DH? Yeah, I mean, I'd hope that there'd be opportunities for that. I mean, that's like the one good thing job-wise. I mean, he's a pretty good shortstop, but right. yes, I think he probably would be. Like, that any of those guys that are that are bats. Like, the idea of, I mean, I didn't see it happening with the Nats, but getting to see Nelson Cruz more often as a National League fan is kind of neat. Like, I, I, Universal DH is one of those things where, I guess by the time, actually getting down to negotiating neither side was pretending to be upset about it right which is always kind of gratifying that like they didn't haggle over it they were like this is obviously something we got to do so let's do it um have you seen somebody more relieved to be at spring training than pete alonzo was yesterday and then just being like oh yeah guys i almost died yesterday but i'm here to practice baseball he is so people forget that Pete Alonso, because he's a pretty even keel guy, people forget that he's a Florida man. And so like Florida things are gonna happen to him. Like so the idea like he's he's not like a Florida man in the way that like you know, uh, I'm trying to think of who this would be. Uh like somebody like Bobby Cobb from Cougar Town or something. Like he's not like some sunburned guy that lives on a boat. Like he seems like a normal man, but he's gonna flip a car three times at some point in his life. I'm just glad he got it out of his way now. And that he's okay. Did you see that car? Yeah, man. Jeez. How do you walk? How do you punch your window out and walk away from that thing? And the next day you're in the cage hitting balls. That's the part that I don't necessarily get. I mean, this is where the the Mets factor has to come in too. Is that like a, a team should be like, well, we're gonna get you get you a full work up there because your car <laughs> <laughs> looks like somebody crumpled it up in his fist and then threw it on the ground from a great height. Like, but the Mets are still obviously even without the Wilpons. They're like, well, if you say you're okay, uh, why don't you do this um, jumping up and down drill, and we'll see how you respond to that. Like, this just—I don't know. I'm, they're very lucky. He's very lucky. I'm glad he's all right. Um, but yeah, gosh, like that was a, a really weird one. I saw that when I was getting—we were leaving for vacation yesterday, and like, so the last thing I saw basically before I put my phone in airplane mode was a picture of his car, and I'd already read that he was okay, but I was like, there, what? And then. Uh, and then I would have had to pay for wireless, so I didn't do it. Wait, are you back from vacation, or are you on yes. vacation now? Back, okay. back, right. really short one. Uh, we just basically went to Charleston, South Carolina, and ate as much as we could for 72 hours, and then flew back. All right, that's what you do yeah. when you go anywhere in the southeast part of this country, is just eat Nailed the it. entire time you're there. He's David Roth from The Factor. David, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, David. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. So, there's David Roth from Defector giving us any updates on Major League Baseball. Coming up next, we'll stick right here with baseball because the Las Vegas A's are tearing it down. It's the Press Box on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. All right, somehow you're going to end up turning this into something for the Dodgers here. Freddie Freeman? Yeah, I knew it. So the A's have traded away Matt Olson. He is headed to Atlanta. Um, the A's have now traded one of their best starting pitchers in Chris Bassett and one of their best hitters, first baseman Matt Olson, since the lockout ended, which it just ended a week ago. And they've already given up two of their best players for prospects. Um, by the way, on this trade, the A's got the Braves number one, number two, number six, and number 14 prospects. Um, and two of those are in the top 100 yeah. overall of all prospects. They'll make the team, and three years later, they'll be traded. <laughs> 
<laughs> from the Las Vegas A's. So they got a really good haul of prospects coming back. My one, my one question on the brave side of this, Matt Olson's on only under team control for two more years. Like they're going to have to pay Matt Olson. If they're going to keep him for more than two right. years, they're going to have to pay him. And I assume given that they three top six prospects, plus if they're 14th prospect, I assume they're planning on having Matt Olson for more than two yeah. years. I, I hope you wouldn't they give know up Freddie those Freeman's gone. Right. But I would, I, I'm, you're not giving up that for a guy for just two seasons. So to bring it back to Freddie Freeman, are they really about to pay Matt Olson a big contract extension mm-hmm. after refusing to do it for Freddie Freeman? I just, I don't know. Matt Olson, lower average, but higher, more power than Freddie right. Freeman had last year, had a higher OPS. It's not a massive upgrade, but it's probably a slight upgrade. And he's younger, which I think is a a key detail the Braves are looking at. But I still just can't get over the fact that Freddie Freeman is just not not. Well, I can't get over the fact if if it comes down to it. Once we see where Freddie Freeman signs and for how many years, let's say he gets six years in the Dodgers, Yankees, and the only thing that was stopping them was one more year for Freddie Freeman, and then they make this deal for Matt Olson, they give up all these prospects. I want to ask something I got asked yesterday. Because neither of us believe the A's are coming, but let's say we've both proven wrong and the A's come. Is this the ta- kind of town that's going to put up with all this? There'll be nobody at those games. No, moving on from from great players or you know from their best their, players. Their only attendance will be tourists coming to see their favorite team play. That'll be it. There's people are not. You're telling me this. You move the team to Las Vegas in the same off season. You trade away your three best players like right. they like to do. Now, who's showing up to watch that? I mean, sure, we'll be excited for a couple of years because, ooh, new sports team. But right. if that's how they operate, no chance. No, we're yelling about the Raiders because they didn't go spend $20 million on J.C. Jackson in the first 20 <laughs> no, hours of free agency. Because they just signed someone. Yeah, yeah Darius Phillips. <laughs> but, like, you're telling me they're going to bring – nobody's going to go show up if, if it's the – if it's a triple-A team and just they've got a major league uniform on. No. Right. And that was one of the funny things is I think Dave Cavill said it. He was like, well – we get a new ballpark. We're going to start spending money yeah, on some players. Yeah, so it's like, okay. I don't believe you. No, I don't, I don't believe, believe you for a all. second. <laughs> you no. get a new ballpark. You're probably having to take out loans to pay for some stuff. You're going to be even less right. likely to pay these players at that point. So yeah, no, thank you to the actual, like I said the same thing. I didn't think anyone would show up. Right. I, I mean, people visiting Las Vegas would be like, Oh, the Yankees are in town. The Dodgers are here. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's we'll, we'll go watch them. Right. But, Showing up to watch the A's, Las Vegas locals showing up to watch the A's? No. Not if this is how they operate. They'd have to dramatically change that, which eh, I don't know that that happens anytime in the near future. Now, on the Freddie Freeman part of this. I'm a little worried about this one. John Morosi tweeted yesterday, the Blue Jays have had conversations with Freddie Freeman's camp and conveyed serious interest as his free agent decision nears. Freddie Freeman apparently has dual citizenship. In played the for States. Canada. Yeah, played for Team Canada, too. So, Freddie Freeman going to Toronto? You worried? The Blue Jays going to sneak up and steal your left-handed bat? I got a text yesterday as I walked in the house from the show to uh, check out uh, Milo and Maisie. They were singing and talking when I walked in the house. Um, And the text (laughs) was, great job, Freddie. He's going to be awesome. I said, oh, my God, they signed him. Good job. Look on Twitter, can't find it. I just can't find it. I'm like, okay, this is wrong because it would be, you know, it would be within the right. first 10 tweets if the Freddie Freeman went to the Dodgers. Texted the person back. He goes, oh, I was a little soon on that. <laughs> Come on. Who was it? 
Just like a just friend? a guy, a friend. Okay. Yeah, a friend. It, it wasn't like some baseball reporter being no, like, no, okay. no, 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 no. It's just a friend. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, because I, I, I knew when I hit Twitter, it's if it's not in the first 10 tweets, then this is wrong because right. it would be all over. When he signs, especially with a team like the Dodgers, because people are going to be pissed. You know, they're going to be so mad that he goes to the Dodgers that, you know, it'll be like the 10 of the first 12 tweets I see is how mad people are that the Dodgers got Freddie Freeman. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was not good. And then I see this Blue Jays report. And I'm like, ah, oh, the guy's half Canadian. Blue Jays. Who knew that? Right. You got to convince him he's Californian, not Canadian. Come on, Ed. He's like, hey, come to L.A. Is the- Apparently, the wife had an Insta post yesterday that hinted California. What was it? A palm tree or something? It was something. Was I didn't eat yeah, it in and out. Was, they said that she hinted that their next stop is California. Oh, so the Padres. No. No, not the Padres. Why would you want to go there? They'll put you on a, they'll put you on a motorcycle, and you'll, you'll break your wrist, and your wrist will be wobbling around. Uh, the, by the way, the Fernando Tatis, because there are some more details here, He's they still don't know if he's going to need surgery, but the minimum timeline here is that he'll be out at least three months. That was, uh, I think it was, I, I can't remember the GM or the manager, but somebody from the Padres said three months, and then a doctor apparently said, that's the optimistic view. Like, yes, it's possible he's back in three months, but... Don't get your hurt, uh, hopes up there. Also, from the San Diego Union Tribune story, he so he had apparently he says he has a motorcycle accident. He thought it was just bruised and scraped up, but it didn't it didn't get better. And Tati said that he felt it get more hurt or whatever. He felt right. it like as a problem when he was swinging an axe. What? What is this man doing? <laughs> Motorcycles and axes with Fernando Tatis Jr. The San Diego Padre. You're really good. Don't do that type of stuff.